to 2 Chronicles chapter number 33 this evening. 2 Chronicles chapter number 33. And uh, I want to give you a thought that the Lord gave us today. And I uh, was actually just looking over some other stuff. And uh, just kind of had our heart directed this way. Uh, but look with me in 2 Chronicles chapter number 33. And uh, we'll read... Um, just some selected verses throughout the chapter and um, take our thought from there, all right? Second Chronicles chapter number 33, and I want you to look with me there, beginning in verse number 1, and I uh, want to look at King Manasseh um, of Judah tonight, and I want to be a help to you, amen? Second Chronicles 33 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. But did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down, and he reared up altars for Balaam, and made groves, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. And also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said in Jerusalem, shall my name be forever. And he built altars for the host of heaven, the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. For he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. And he wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a carved image the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Look with me in verse 9. So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God, and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him. And he was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you so much for your goodness to us. And uh, Lord, I thank you, Father, for allowing us to be here. God, I pray, Lord, that you would now bless the reading of your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us as we preach. God, help us to be a blessing. Help us to be, a, 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 Lord, a, a help, uh, Lord, to your people. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd anoint us and touch us, Lord, that you would use us tonight. God, we pray, Lord, for the man of God as he's away. Lord, that you'd touch and bless where they are. But God, that you'd meet with us tonight through your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd instruct us. And Lord, that you would draw us closer to yourself. And Lord, that you would receive honor and glory for everything that is said and done. And God, we ask it, Lord, for Jesus' sake. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. When we come to Second Chronicles chapter number 33, the kingdom of Judah is reaching its end. And both uh, the northern and the southern kingdom ended uh, in captivity. And we find Manasseh here. The Bible says in verse number 1 that he was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 5 years 
in Jerusalem. And I want you to notice whenever we look at this king and we observe him, the first thing that we're directed to in verse number 2 is we're brought about uh, or we're brought rather to the thoughts of his rebellion, much like many of the kings that were before him, the Bible says, but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And so this man has a very rebellious nature somewhere in his young heart uh, to uh, go against the Lord, began to develop in his heart. And then that became the fruit of his own life. What was in his heart eventually uh, came out in his actions, in his work. And so we see his rebellion. But then I want you to see as we look through the chapter quickly, I want you to see his reproach. Notice what the Word of God has to say about him and the testimony that he leaves behind here in Second Chronicles 33. The Bible says in verse uh, number 3, For he built... And uh, he reared there in verse number 3. He made groves and he worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. Verse number 4, he built altars. Verse number 5, he built altars. Verse number 6, and he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley uh, of Hinnom. If you read his testimony and the account there in 2 Kings, there's something that is said of King Manasseh that is not said about any other king recorded in Scripture and that it was that he seduced the people. He put these abominations before the people and he seduced them and he caused them to worship these heathen gods and rebel against the Lord God Jehovah. Now, whenever we consider his name tonight, the name Manasseh means forgetful. And it seems that as this young man, young king begins to rule, it seems as if on purpose he's trying to forget and do all that he can to forget the witness that was laid before him. We're reminded here in the Word of God that Hezekiah was his father. And while Hezekiah had his failures and Hezekiah uh, did some things towards the end of his life that uh, were in disobedience unto the Lord and brought a reproach upon him, uh, we could not necessarily say that Hezekiah was an evil man. As a matter of fact, while Hezekiah uh, reigned as well as Manasseh, Isaiah was the prophet. And Isaiah gave many warnings to the people of God. He gave great instruction to the people of God. And no doubt Hezekiah called upon the man of God. And so Manasseh would have heard about this. And Manasseh uh, would have known about this. He would have had the right influences in his life uh, as he was growing up as a young boy. He gets his namesake from Manasseh, the son of Joseph, that was born to him in Egypt. And upon the birth of Manasseh, Joseph called him this because it had made him to forget his troubles and his toil in the land of Egypt. But King Manasseh of Judah uh, seems to have made the people forget about God tonight. Amen. And so we see his rebellion. We see his reproach here in the Word of God. We find in verse number 11 tonight, we find God's act of retribution. The Bible says in verse number 11, Wherefore the Lord brought upon them captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. God has done 
exactly what he said that he would do. If they rebelled against the word of God, they disobeyed the word of God, and God is keeping his promise tonight. But there's something that wonderful that happens tonight uh, while Manasseh is here bound in Babylon. The Bible says in verse number 12, And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. Now, upon the dark pages of scripture here upon this dark testimony thank God there is a bright light that shines like the apostle Paul in the New Testament he was the chiefest of sinners and he met the Lord Jesus Christ on the Damascus road and here Manasseh is in all of his iniquity bearing all of his reproach uh, experiencing the judgment and the chastisement of God not only upon his life but upon the people who he reigned over in his kingdom Thank God he called upon the Lord and he humbled himself in verse number 12. Amen. God honors his humility. God honors his repentance tonight. And he actually gives him his kingdom back. He brings him back to the land of Judah. He brings him back to his kingdom and he places him there upon the throne again. Whenever we examine the life of Manasseh, It seems that forgetful is a proper name. But I'm encouraged by the testimony tonight of a man who literally went to the world and repented and found grace in the sight of God tonight. Amen. Manasseh's forgetfulness encourages me. And I want to be sure tonight that though he bore that name forgetful, there are some things that I do not want to forget about my walk with God. There are some things that I do not want to forget about the grace of God. But as I look at this king tonight, there are some principles in the text that I do not want to forget and I want to remember God when I'm tempted and I want to remember God when I fall into a reproach and I fall into sin when I find myself in affliction like King Manasseh I want to remember the Lord God tonight and pray like he prayed and humble myself like he humbled himself and repent like he repented and keep my relationship with God the way that it needs to be tonight amen I want to bring a thought out of his name tonight, forgetful. And I want to preach on this thought tonight. Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. As we look at King Manasseh's life, the first thing that comes painfully obvious to us tonight is we do need to remember that there is a a force in this world that is alluring. And number one, we don't need to forget to remember the pull of the world tonight. Amen. We do not need to forget to remember that there is is a system and there are powers that are working behind the scenes. The Apostle Paul talked about that spiritual wickedness in high places. Listen, this is not just a Republican and a Democrat thing tonight. This is not a white thing or a black thing. This is not an America or Russia thing. This is not an Israel or Hamas thing. Listen, this is a spiritual battle that is taking place tonight and lives are literally weighing in the balance and you need to understand that the devil is not playing. Listen to me, young person. 
there may be moments in your life where you're playing a game. You just think this is all fun and games. This is just something that your mom and daddy is imposing on you. But the devil is not playing tonight. And the world is not playing games. And Satan has a target on your back. And the world has laid their snares and their sights upon you. And wants to see you fall. And wants to see you falter. And wants to see your life destroyed tonight. Amen. We do not need to forget that there is a pull in this world. Manasseh began to reign when he was just 12 years old. And somewhere in his young life, somewhere in this young man's heart, an allure for the world was born. Rather than serve the God of his father, he would seek every flavor of religion offered in his day. We see idols that were reared up. We see that he offered his children uh, unto those false gods and made them pass through the fire. We see that the Bible tells us that he worshipped all hosts of heaven. He just wanted to be sure. He just picked them all out and wanted to make sure that he was somehow worshipping the right God. But he failed to worship the true and the living God and this way of life tonight it cost him everything it cost him his children it cost him his kingdom it cost him his family it cost him his people and listen tonight you're looking at a man in the scripture he did not lose his world to the children excuse me he did not lose his children to the world but rather he gave his children to the world tonight would not heed the warnings of God. The Assyrians carry him off bound with chains. And finally the pull of the world carried him to a place he never intended to go. That's exactly what will happen tonight. You flirt with sin long enough, you'll build a relationship with it. It'll begin to own you. It'll put its chains and its fetters on you. And you'll wind up in a place that you never intended to go tonight. I want to tell you something. The best that the gods of this world could offer this man was just captivity. The best that the world could offer the younger brother, the younger son, was a pen full of pigs tonight. And while everything looks wonderful, and everything glitters and, and you see on social media and you see on TikTok and you see on YouTube these people uh, that have risen to stardom and they've risen to fame and they have the likes and they have the, the subscribers. You need to understand that there is a great price that is paid for things like that tonight. But what happens when he finds himself in this affliction? He finds himself chained and fettered tonight. The Bible says that when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. The Bible says tonight that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I think one of the greatest sins of our day, and we could ultimately say that every sin begins with the sin of pride. It begins with a rebellion against God and begins with a rebellion against the Word of God tonight. And in our pride, we think that we can stand upon our own two feet. In our pride, we don't need to consult the Word of God. In our pride, we don't have to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. In our pride, we can shut our ears off to the preaching of the Word of God. And we make the man of God our enemy. And we make the people of God our enemy. And we wind up going farther than we 
we ever intended to go just like Manasseh did tonight. Amen. Remember that there is a pull. There is a draw upon this world tonight. Amen. Not only do we see that we need to remember the pull of the world, but here's what I want to really focus on tonight. We need to remember the practicality of our walk. Remember the practicality of our walk. Look what the Bible says in verse number 13. The Bible said, And he prayed unto him, and he was entreated of him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Here Manasseh is, he repents, he greatly humbles himself, as the Bible said. God honors that prayer, God honors his faith, and he honors his repentance, and God brings him back to his kingdom and he sets him upon his throne again and Manasseh now has the desire of his heart and so now we ask the question now what? God's done his part. God has done what he said that he would do but there are some things that need to happen tonight that can assure Manasseh that he'll never go back to Babylon. There are some things that need to be put in place that assure him that that act of rebellion and falling into sin never ever happens again. We need to take the deliverance that God gives us and the salvation that God gives us and the blessings that God gives us tonight and we need to take those truths and we need to make them practical in our life tonight. If you're saved tonight, that's wonderful. You're not going to hell. You're viewed as just in the sight of God. As Brother Sam testified tonight, when God looks at you, He sees the account of His Son and you are positionally righteous. But what are you going to do about about it tonight you understand that God has done his part all the hard work's been accomplished it was finished at Calvary tonight but there is a responsibility that is laid upon us to walk circumspectly in this world to pay attention to where we are going take heed to the word of God and make sure that we do not become a casualty to the devil the flesh and the world tonight the practicality of our walk. It is here in Manasseh's life that we don't just find lip service. There's not just a prayer that was prayed and God helps him out and then he leaves the church and you never see him again or he walks away from the kingdom and you never see him again. But he takes what God has given him and he practically applies it to his life. In Manasseh's life, because of this Help from the Lord. We see true reform. We see true restoration. And we see true revival. Manasseh's change of heart results tonight in a change of life. What happens in Manasseh's life? What initiative does he take? What does he do? Notice with me in verse number 14. The Bible said, Now after this he built a wall without the city of David... And on the west side of Gihon in the valley, even to the entering of the fish gate and compassed about Ophel and raised it up a very great height. Notice this, and put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. The first thing that he does in verse number 14 is as soon as he gets back, as soon as he's on his throne again, as soon as God delivers him and rescues him from the bondage of the world, you know what Manasseh does? He begins to build walls. He begins to put some boundaries up 
in his life tonight. Listen, when God saves you and God delivers you from a life of sin, there are going to have to be some boundaries that you put up in your life to assure that you do not go back to those old sins. Now I understand I'm not the only human who's flesh and blood here tonight, but before you got saved, your flesh enjoyed the things that you did. You can hide your halo and tuck your wings back and you can act spiritual all you want to, but the flesh enjoys sin tonight. Amen. We did those things because we had pleasure in those things and we did those things because we enjoyed them tonight. Amen. And still living in this corrupt flesh, the, cor- the corrupt flesh, just because you're saved doesn't mean that he no- that carnal man no longer enjoys those things of the flesh tonight. Amen. And so he builds walls. He builds boundaries in his life. Make sure that you put up these boundaries. Make sure that they There is accountability in your life where you do not fall into the same sins that you did before. That's why it's good to have some standards. That's why it's good to have some convictions tonight. Amen. That's why it's good as a Christian that there ought to be some things in your life that you don't do. And by the way, you don't have to explain to everybody what you do and what you don't do. You're accountable to God. You're accountable to His Word. And you're you're accountable to the prompting of the Holy Ghost in your life. Don't feel like you have to explain everything to everybody. It was a good day in my life when I just made the decision that I was going to do what God wanted me and my family to do. Nothing wrong with looking to others, for example. Nothing wrong for him applying things to your life that work for someone else. But listen, you've got to be led of the Spirit of God. You've got to be led uh, by the Word of God. But would to God tonight that you had some boundaries in your life somewhere. He built a wall tonight. Amen. But then, not only do I see boundaries, but then I I see this tonight. I, I see some buddies. Notice with me in the text, the Bible says at the end of verse number 14, he put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. He not only built walls tonight, but he had some buddies. He had some accountability. He put some experienced men in key places so that they could see the Assyrians coming or the Babylonians coming. And they they had been in battle before. They had been in war. These were captains of war. These were not greenhorns. These were not novice men. But these are some men who had fought and won some battles. And I thank God tonight for those who have walked with God before me. And they've lived this Christian life. And they've won some victories in their life. And they've walked with God. And they've learned how to do it. And we can set up some accountability in our life. Most of the time, we don't like accountability in our life. Because we like what we're trying to keep ourselves from too much. We like our sin. But we need some accountability. I'm glad tonight that we can run this race together. I'm glad that there are some true men and some true servants of God that I can call and they won't say, man, you're struggling with that? How long have you been saved now? You know, you, you are a preacher. After all, you've pastored churches. 
I'm glad that there were some men, if I picked up the phone and I was struggling and I called them, I'm glad that they would go with me to God in prayer and they wouldn't go and tell everybody. Amen. They would, they would keep it accountable and they would keep it right tonight. Amen. There are some people you just can't tell everything to. And that's sad tonight. Amen. There's some men, I won't tell them things, not because of them, but because of who they're married to tonight. Amen. It's getting quiet. Amen. That's exactly right tonight. It goes like this right here. Amen. He built a wall. Put some boundaries up in his life. He had some buddies. He put the captains of the war in the fence cities. And then we see the blessing. He repaired the altar of the Lord tonight. I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you want to get right and stay right, it's going to take some sacrifice to reverse some of our old practices and habits tonight. Amen. Not only do we see the pull of the world, we see the practicality of our walk. But we need to remember tonight the priority of God's worship. Look in verse number 15 and 16 the Bible said and he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem and cast them out of the city and he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed their own peace offerings and thank offerings and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel I see the priority of God's worship tonight now what did what did Manasseh do Manasseh did all of these things but he did not forsake his worship he did not forsake giving God the preeminence and putting God in his proper place now understand this tonight that you you can you can be separated and be as clean as a hound tooth tonight and you can be against everything but breathing I suppose but if you are not separated unto the Lord your list of do's and don'ts does you absolutely no good tonight if you're separated unto the Lord and you try to put boundaries up yourself understand that by the power of your own will or rather the lack of power what we should say you're not strong enough to, to walk right. You're not strong enough to live for the Lord within yourself. And those walls will fall and those buddies will leave and they'll forsake you and you'll be in the same shape that you're in. But if we'll separate ourselves unto the Lord and put Christ in His rightful place and maintain our worship, everything else will fall into place tonight. Amen. We see the priority of God's worship. I noticed two things that took place, namely... Uh, here uh, in this text in verse number 16 notice in verse uh, 16 there and he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed their own peace offerings now the peace offering the way that this worked is the offerer would come with his offering and the high priest would do his part but what they would do is the offerer would come and they would sit down with the high priest at a table and they would have a meal together. And that meal was all upon the basis of one thing, the sacrifice. The sacrifice is what brought the common man and the high priest together. The sacrifice was what allowed them to sit together in fellowship there at the table tonight. And I'm glad, listen, I had absolutely nothing to bring. I had absolutely nothing to offer. But thank God I've come to the Lord Jesus Christ, my great high priest. And I'm able to pull up to the table and have fellowship with God Almighty because of what Christ has done in my hand. 
sin, no gift I bring, but simply to the cross I cling. We're here tonight because of Christ. We're saved because of Christ. We're right with God tonight because of Christ. And it ain't got anything to do with us tonight. Amen. And the basis of our fellowship with God and with each other tonight, I might add, is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We think about the peace offering, but we go on in verse number 16 and we see the thank offering. The thank offering tonight was a free will offering. We could say it like this, the thank offering was just a little extra. The thank offering was maybe the testimony. The thank offering was an offering of of praise tonight. Amen. And because of the sacrifice of Christ and because of our fellowship with God, we have a Bible right to praise the Lord tonight. Amen. Isn't it a wonderful thing that you and I can come as wicked and as sinful as we were, as darkly stained as our past was, we can be ushered into the presence of God God and we can freely worship him tonight amen we have the opportunity to praise we have the opportunity to worship we have the opportunity to adore God almighty tonight because of the Lord Jesus Christ you'll find there in verse number 17 the Bible says nevertheless the people did sacrifice still in the high places Yet unto the Lord their God only. They were only halfway right there. Those high places remained. Those places that were at one time offered uh, unto the false gods. But not there pertaining to the temple. The people still sacrificed in those high places. The people held back in their worship. The people held back in their walk with God. The people held back in taking God's deliverance and salvation seriously and personal and making it practical in their life. But thank God Manasseh said, I don't care what y'all are going to do. It doesn't bother me. Y'all go ahead and y'all be y'all and y'all do y'all and live how you're going to live. There is a God who delivered me and saved me and made a difference in my life and he heard me when I cried unto him that's why we ought to be careful being critical of other people's worship and I'm talking about Bible mandated worship tonight amen I'm not I'm not talking about some some new way or some false way or strange fire but I'm talking about Bible mandated worship well we better be careful about what we say about those that stand to testify those that shout those that express themselves in worship and adoration of the Lord better be real careful about that tonight amen because God takes that serious tonight amen because while others may mock it and others may make fun of it listen the Lord receives that tonight amen why because it honors him and it glorifies him tonight amen amen as they come with a song tonight let's stand All over the Lord's house, we'll give you an opportunity.